This is play-by-play -play on life, session number five. So approximately what percentage of the time do squirrels forget where they hide their nuts? Is it A, 10%, B, 25%, C, 50%, D, 75%? The answer is... Start your engine. Get him revving. Are you ready to play full out? Shift it to a new gear and accelerate? Great, and buckle up. It's gonna be a wild ride. Don't say I didn't warn you. Welcome to the transformational series, Play-by-Play -play on Life. This podcast series provides tips, tools, techniques, and insights on how to reduce stress and increase joy, fun, creativity, inspiration, and passion. I'm your host, Jim Holsconnect. This is the second part of a two-part series with Julie Hutchinson. Can you give an example of some words that somebody may want to, if, if they have disempowering language, self-talk, things like that, what might they want to replace that with? Uh, well, I, I call it the, the babble virus. When we're out babbling about something that's disempowering, and we do it all the time, that when we shift that and we speak something that's more empowering or conscious language, and in that, here's some examples. I can't. I'm not good enough. I can't make that happen. It's too hard. I'm trying, but this is, I have domains of language, and this is like the domain of limitation and no choice. And when you're limiting yourself or you're not in choice because you can't do something or it's too hard or I don't get it, I don't understand, what literally happens when you say these words to yourself is your creativity is blocked. Your body begins to shut down. It's as if the physiology, like in a state of incoherence, the physiology is not at its optimal performance. So energetically, we're not flowing in creativity. If you catch yourself saying, I can't, I won't, it's too hard, I don't understand, I don't get it. Whatever that language is, stop, take a breath, make a new choice, and choose words that evoke creativity. So I can't to I can, or I can't to I choose to make a new choice, and then I can. I won't. I will. I don't understand. I choose to understand. So just by making a shift in language, and when we're talking about living a creative life, a life of choice, when we have empowering language and and in a coherent environment within our physiology, that allows creativity to happen. Really notice what's happening in your body, what you're saying, what you're saying to yourself and to others, mm -hmm. and change it, make a new choice. How can someone maybe use heart math and these techniques to actually get in touch with limiting beliefs that might stop them? There might be even just a blind spot. We don't even know that they're there, right? They just keep showing up and we just can't quite yeah. seem to get where we want to go. How can someone maybe use this to get to those limiting beliefs and shift them? Great question. Uh, I love this question because limiting beliefs oftentimes reside in our subconscious. They're things that can have been programmed from when we were a child or a teenager. And we may choose something new and we may say that we would like something new, but it just doesn't happen because this limiting belief is, is running the programming underneath it. So what I recommend to a lot of my clients is, for example, I have a client who had this 
limiting belief that marriage is something that you do, but it's not happy and it's a prison and you don't get to be who you really are. So she would pull in these men that were oftentimes controlling and she would lose herself in her relationship and she would end up resenting the person and resenting herself and so it would end up in breakup or divorce or whatever it is. In working with her in the subconscious belief, the limiting belief is she really did choose to have a beautiful relationship, beautiful marriage and, and to draw in somebody that was different than the archetype that she typically would draw in. So what we did is we, first of all, uncovered like what authentically, what are you really feeling? What, what is, what's showing up in your life? What's real today? And we would look at that and then we would go into a state of coherence. So we would get the body's physiology, autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic into a state of balance. And from there, we would empower her to use conscious, creative language to create what she chose to have happen in a state of coherence. So that state of coherence then is actually going into the subconscious and helping to reprogram the subconscious. And there's some other really beautiful tools out there to access the subconscious. The, there's five brain waves and the brain wave that actually accesses the subconscious is the theta brain wave. There's um, theta healing that's available. I'm actually a theta healing practitioner. Hmm. What the practitioner does is have the person access the subconscious using the theta brainwave. And we go in and we do muscle testing based on the beliefs that that person is holding in their subconscious. And from there, we can go in and, and change those beliefs and bring in a new set of beliefs through, through the brainwave, through um, the coherence, and through repetitive language. And then uh, I have them anchor it with a primary language pattern that they use to then start to create a new pattern, a new belief. So when we use conscious language or core language, the core programming, speak what you choose to have happen. So what she did in her own words is she went into her heart and asked her heart, what is it that I would like to create? And in that she, and I'm paraphrasing, and it was something of, I have a beautiful partnership of mutual respect, trust, and honesty with my, with my spouse. And in that, we anchored that with a color. I had her feel where she felt that in her body. And then for, for a month, I had her actually visualize in the state of coherence, visualize having this partnership, take a face and a name off of it, find the feeling of it, visualize what it feels like, hold this in your, your, your body, hold it in your body, feel it there. And so you've got the language, the empowering language, the state of coherence. She's already reprogrammed the subconscious through the work that we've done. And she just holds this and literally draws this person in draws them, not going out to see, of course she has to be out in activity to where she's going to meet them, but you draw that to you. Very cool. So if somebody is interested in finding out more about theta healing or heart math, um, conscious language, where would they go? What would you recommend? What would you recommend that they do? Well, they're welcome to reach out to me. My email is julieh at coreperformance.us. Phone number is 512-656-4822. We're also going to have uh, references and resources in the show notes for this session, for this podcast. And so just go to 
uh, playbyplayonlife.com slash podcast. And under the session notes, they will have links to all this, to Julie's website, to her contact information, information about the healing, heart map, all the things discussed in the, in the podcast today. What advice would you give for somebody to be living more from their heart, the journey from the head to the heart, to live from that and just to give themselves permission to play full out in their life? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, really, the, per- the permission, so much of it comes in the feeling. And I, and I, I desire to say that it's not feeling like airy-fairy feelings. This is about feelings are an energetic powertrain. And when people are very aware of how they're feeling in the moment, and they can, they can label it as uh, sadness, anxiety, overwhelm, label that and notice, is that giving them energy or is that depleting their energy? And when they notice that and they can shift using the tool that we talked about, neutrality, and then getting into a state of coherence by feeling something that feeds them. And the emotions that feed us is love, compassion, generosity, gratitude. And these are the emotions that give us fuel. They, They build our inner battery. So those people that want to have more play in their life, that want to connect more with people is gravitate towards those emotions. Go out and do things that feed those emotions. Every day I do things that flow love through my body. And that could be yoga. It could be a walk with my dog. It could be meditation in nature. It could be sitting by a stream. So my uh, my recommendation to your audience for those that are looking to have more joy in their life is do those things that bring you more joy. Give yourself that gift because you've got to replenish your inner battery. If your inner battery is full, then you go through life full. If your inner battery is depleted because you're working all the time and you're tired and you're traveling and you're dealing with the kids, all that, notice that. Notice what's depleting you. Notice what's giving you energy and make that conscious choice to go out and give yourself energy. Eat more chocolate. Do things that light you up. Life is for living, loving, laughing. And what would you say to someone who's saying, I just don't have time. I mean, I'm working 60 plus hours a week and I've got my nose to the grindstone. And what would you say to, to that? You know, we've all been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you through experience with myself and experience in working with my clients and corporations and companies and teams, that if you take the time to anchor in a state of coherence, and take the time to consciously imagine things the way that you choose for them to go, you will save so much time. And it's literally, if you take the time to just spend, I'll say five minutes in a state of coherence, just five minutes, what you'll notice is that when you go back to work or you go to do an email, your productivity level is going to increase 50-fold because you're going to be in a different state of mind as you go through your work. And the emotions are not going to be so heavy. They're going to be lighter. And so I've, I've seen people where they would, I'm just going to put it in terms of a work week. Maybe they were working a 60-hour work week. That if they took the time to do 30 minutes of coherence throughout the day, three sessions, 10 minutes each, what happens is they get way more productive and they can reduce their work week from 60 hours to possibly 50 possibly 40. They're 40. They're working smarter, not harder. And that's the key. You're working smarter, not harder. Take the time to build your inner battery. Great. 
anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners to help them on this journey from head to heart and living more from their heart and playing more and playing full out? Um, I think what I'd like to share is practice this. You'll be amazed at what happens when you start to blend head and heart and you start to connect from people from an authentic heart place, authenticity, heart and soul. It's uh, it's a real fun place to play in. So it's not either or. What I'm hearing you say is real integration. Like you're not, um, you know, I'm not playing more to work less. I'm just, at, you know, the blurring the lines almost between work and play. And I'm also blurring the lines between head and heart. Is that accurate? Very accurate. Our head is, we get things done with our head. Our head is doing. Our heart is being. When we blend beingness with doingness and we're in alignment with that, we can be so much more effective. Where so many of us, I know growing up, I was, you know, going through school, I was taught to be in my head. You know, learn these math skills, learn the science skills, do these, go out in the working world, be smart, operate from your head. And what we're shifting to, and I'm seeing this in our culture so much, and I'm seeing this with a lot of the trains that are happening at Google and these bigger companies, it's shifting into, no, it's about being. It's emotional intelligence blended with IQ, EQ and IQ. So blend the two. So blend the beingness with the, the doingness, and you, I promise you'll be way more effective and way happier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, if I can uh, point to an example, I think of when I when you were sharing that that came up was um, you know in St- Simon Sinek's book Start with Why, which is a great mm-hmm. book by the way. But he talks about having uh, the, the effective individuals and companies really start from kind of their heart, their why, what their mission is and their purpose. But he also he went a, a step further and showed that the why was synonymous with with be kind of the be do have you know yeah. and uh, so in the center of it all is is being. So I like to kind of think as I'm. It was relating to that, like, start with who? Who are you being? Starting with why is actually synonymous with starting with be. Start with who. We have a choice, right? Any moment of who who we want to be. Every moment we have a choice. And when we're aware of that choice and aware of who we're being in that moment and choosing the beingness in that moment, that's what what we're creating life through. And it's reflected back to us through our coworkers, through our spouses, through our significant other, it's reflected back to us. So what are you getting reflected back to you in your life? Is And I'm asking this to the listeners, is your life in a place that you love? Are you living life to the fullest? Is that reflected back to you in your life? Or are you going through struggle, heartache? Ask yourself, what is happening inside of me that I'm experiencing this struggle and this heartache? How am I responding to this? And as I had mentioned before, life happens. You know, there's things that we cannot control. The only thing that we have control over is how we are being in the moment and how we respond to those life circumstances. And then what happens after that and how we're being in those moments. So be in the state of consciousness of that which you choose to have happen in the moment. You make the choice in the moment. And you enter the state of consciousness. And the consciousness would be maybe five years ago you said, I'm not healthy. I don't feel good. I choose to have health and vitality. And you close your eyes and you relate to those words. I am healthy. I am vital. I am strong. And you feel that in the moment in your body. You may not have 
confirmation that you have it right then, I promise you if you enter the state of consciousness of that already being true and you can hold that for at least 30 seconds, that's the doorway to having it manifest. That's the doorway. If you have beliefs that are counter to that, though, how do you recommend? I mean, is it is it just through this over this feeling and holding it that you can eventually shift that belief, or like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, how do you, if you have an underlying belief, oh, I'm just, I've tried to change before and nothing's happened, so I'm just, what's the point? What's the use? You know, whatever that is, or whatever that you know, whatever happens, the, the conversation happens to be. Um, if that belief's underlying it, then it might derail any kind of of this action so or not having us do it in the first place what would you recommend that's why emotions are so important so when i talk about enter the state of consciousness how do you feel now that you're healthy vital and you Hmm. pretend you imagine that you're healthy and vital even though you might have a language or a belief that says no i'm sick you enter health and vitality and you feel it the feelings will override the words and it's the feelings that again i'm going to repeat that feelings are an energetic power train when you can hold those feelings for 30 seconds i'm healthy i'm vital maybe tomorrow you're going to hold it for a minute maybe a week from now you're holding it for 10 minutes and you feel healthy you feel vital and you keep holding that and what starts to shift is as you're feeling that your food choices are going to be different your exercise habits are going to be different because you're going to start to connect to that feeling and you're going to make choices that support the state of consciousness and the feeling that you're in. And that is the key. State of conscious being the person you're choosing to be. Yes, the person that you're choosing to be. I'll, I'll share with the listeners too, there's one of my favorite authors, Neville Goddard. He has written a series of books. One of my favorite is The Reader and it's short stories about how people enter the state of consciousness of that which they choose to have happen. And in that, they hold that state of consciousness. And they hold steadfast to it. And it's just a beautiful short stories of examples of how people did that and how all kinds of things would come into their life to kind of knock them off of that feeling. And they would say, no, I'm committed to this. And then all of a sudden, they would have this breakthrough and what they chose to have happen actually created itself. Um, uh, can I give you a quick example? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, I knew it was time to find my dream home. And uh, I it was just time. And I was going to find it no matter what. And so I found this beautiful home in a beautiful part of Austin that I chose to live in. We're here now, and it's really awesome, yeah. by the way. <laughs> this is an amazing home. Yeah. I love my home. Looking out over the... Hill country in Austin and the beautiful houses over here out this huge windows. Garbage yeah. trucks are coming. You probably might be hearing that too. That's on the yeah, downside of the background. <laughs> but you know, hey, it's still a beautiful home. They got garbage to pick up here, but yeah, it's well, when I found the home, I put an offer on it and there were five offers in the first day. Mm. And so I realized that I had to get very competitive with my offer. So I upped my offer. We had conversations with the realtor. I thought I was in. The realtor went silent, did not hear from the realtor for five days. And I was, I started to panic. And I was like, I have to have that home. That is my dream home. 
And so in those five days, I realized, wait a minute, I have the tools to manifest my dream home. I better get to work on the internal versus the external because my realtor kept reaching out to the realtor that was representing the sellers and she just wouldn't respond. So what I did is I started to imagine myself in the house. I started to feel myself in the house. And what I did is I got back online, I pulled up all the pictures of the house and I went to the living room and I imagined myself sitting on my couch in the living room entertaining. Then I came to the dining room and these beautiful hardwood floors, I actually imagined running my hand across the hardwood floors, feeling the key was to feel the hardwood floors. Then I went to each room of the house. I imagined myself sleeping in the master bedroom. I imagined myself. I called my family and I called my sister and I said, please imagine me cooking you dinner in my new house. I want you to, to feel yourself in my new home. I called my brothers. I got to the picture of the kitchen and I couldn't feel myself in the kitchen. It was the one room in the house that I couldn't feel myself in. I'd asked my brothers and sisters to, to feel themselves in there, but I couldn't feel it. And what I went to, I went deep inside, I went into meditation. I was like, why can I not feel myself in that kitchen? And I had a belief that I didn't deserve to have that kitchen because I'm a raw food chef and you know I love to do chocolate and my dream was to make new chocolate recipes in the kitchen and I couldn't access it. And this underlying belief of I don't deserve, I can't, it won't happen, it's too good to be true. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I have to clear that. So I went in and I cleared that belief and I could feel as soon as I cleared it, it was like pop. And I could actually then feel myself inside the kitchen. It's like I embodied the kitchen. Hmm. And I kid you not when I say this, I almost when I have tears in my eyes, an hour later, I get a call from my realtor and she says, Julie, they chose you. Nice. And I asked them, I sat down with them in the house before I had moved in and I said, why did you choose me? Of all the people that wanted your house, why did you choose me? And they said, because you wanted it more than anybody else. <laughs> it was great. Nice. And so I share that story because I embodied being in my home. And where the block was, I recognized the block. And it was a deserving conversation. And I went in. And instead of saying, you're right, I don't deserve it. It'll never happen. There's no way I'm going to get that house. I said, no. I'm in my outcome. That is my house. I'm going to do what it takes, ethically, of course, to be in the house. And I did it on the inside. It was an inside job. And it was such validation that the call came an hour later that I did my work. I did my work on the inside. And so for the, the listeners out there, it is an inside job. Live from the inside out. It is out. the inside job, <laughs> yes. And it will be reflected back to you from the outside. Such a great point, though, because, you know, usually there's a lot, all of us have these subconscious patterns that, you know, they're, they're really at the core, like something about I don't deserve it, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you really dig deep into it, there's something there. It doesn't show up like that. It shows up like, oh, well justifications or excuses of why that doesn't need to happen or somebody else Mm -hmm. just wanted it more. Someone else offered more money for that house and what, you know, whatever. But 
you actually did the work and looked, you know, inside. So I just, you know, wondering like how often we might derail ourselves, our dreams, our goals based on this blind spot, this deserving conversation that maybe was formed when we were seven, eight years old or who knows, you know, and it's still running the show and we don't even know it. That's what's. And you'll know it when you come up to a block in your life and it's that little conversation that comes up. And so you'll have plenty of opportunity, everybody does, to to realize what that block is and it'll come to the forefront at, at a given time. And we've shared some really beautiful tools here today to remove those blocks. So I just encourage you all to take these tools, write them down, practice them, um, experience them, play with them, and you will notice big shifts in your life. Mm. Well, Julie, thank you so much for generously giving your time today and just offering these gifts, this insight. You obviously make a huge difference for your clients. Thank you for the great work that you're doing. Thank you for, yeah. thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was really fun. <laughs> you guys go out there and just use these tools, these techniques that Julie shared. Check out the resources at playbyplayonlife.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. Keep playing. And eat chocolate. And eat chocolate. <laughs> That's the most important thing. So approximately what percentage of the time do squirrels forget where they hide their nuts? Is it A, 10%, B, 25%, C, 50%, D, 75%? The answer is C, 50%. So every time one of those squirrels hides one of their nuts, it's a coin toss, basically, about whether they're going to find it again. Poor little guys. Be sure to sign up for our tips and tools newsletter. Go to www.playbyplayonlife.com tips. So until next time, go out there, choose to play today, make it a priority, shift it to a new gear, give yourself permission to play full out and make the whole world your playground.